Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. And please also consider making a small donation on my Patreon page so that I can continue to bring you amazing content so that we can all create a better future. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. Hi, everyone. This is Sasha Calavoto with the Sovereign Collective Podcast, bringing you some more real raw truth for your self-empowerment. And today, I am joined by Derek Fleming, a good friend of mine, actually, and a man that is busy educating people in the health scene in Calgary. He is an Eastern and Western trained herbalist. And he's the owner and founder of New Earth Organics, an amazing tonic herb company that is local to Calgary, just outside of Calgary in Cochrane. So one of my favorite brands, I actually have many of the products in my drink today. This sustains me every day, every morning. Love, 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 love it. So if you've ever seen my post, if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see these random posts among a whole bunch of other stuff these days with uh, some delicious elixir ideas. So that I am lucky to get from Derek and I've been working with him for actually over six years now and I've known him for, I would say over seven, something like that. But anyways, he is intelligent, humble guy, doing classes and educating and creating this amazing line of tonic herbs for your enjoyment. So Derek, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, thank you for having me. I know you're a busy guy. You've got two little ones. You got a busy business. You yeah. know, it's yeah. uh, crazy times. Right it now. is crazy, and a crazy time just in general for yeah. those of you watching this at a later date. We're near the beginning of October 2020. <clears throat> crazy as ever, crazier if not than you know the day before. So totally, yeah. And times the world has never seen before. Times the world has never seen before, yeah. and hopefully never again once we get through this. But yeah, no, totally. Well, thank you for having me. This is exciting. Thank you. Podcast, I love it. And like I was saying before, I love the studio. It's looking good. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we're still. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I love the wood. I need some green. Yeah. I think I need a plant here or something. But yeah, or here, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love Looking it. for the natural look. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's always the best. All like, right. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Natural. Natural. Living in a world where we're not very natural right now, right? We're living yeah. in a world of sanitation, sanitizing, not sanitation, sanitizing and and not and really actually vilifying people that talk to the natural and talk to supporting healthy mm-hmm. natural means, especially doctors out there having their, you know, they're getting their credentials threatened when they recommend just some basic things that we've since the beginning of time, you know, been recommending for good health, zinc, vitamin C, basic, basic things. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. what I want to start off with today is because of your background, mm-hmm. I know a lot about natural health and herbology and things like that. I want to talk about, because what we can see right now in our modern medical system is we're very short-sighted. We 
don't understand where the creation of health comes from. This is very apparent because of all the all the impositions put on society these days or the recommendations of sanitizing, of distancing, of breathing in your CO2, not, 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 and not being able to breathe in the regular flow of oxygen and getting that moist environment and kids sitting there all day with, you know, who knows what's breeding in those masks and what's as a result what's breeding on their skin, what's breeding in their mouths and in their lungs that they're breathing mm -hmm. in all day. I, I can't even imagine what's going to come out of that. Anyways, it's very clear that we don't understand what the creation of health is. Even if there might be another agenda and that could be intentional, it's very clear that the general population doesn't have a very good handle mm -hmm. on what creates health. So mm -hmm. I wanna look at the traditional medicines and compare it to more modern Western medicine. So it's not only, we talk about Eastern medicines, but there's gonna be traditional medicines on this side of the world as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, and where, sure. where are the main differences in their philosophy? Because I feel like, those traditional medicines have longevity, they have foresight, they have vision. They, they're not just looking about what, what's you know, up on the menu for the next meal. Yeah, so, definitely. it's a more holistic approach that's been woven into their culture. Um, and I think that if we can gain aspects of that and learn aspects of that and overlay it to what we are living here in the Western world, I think that we're gonna be so far better off than we are now. I think a lot of the resistance to people have and not to cut you off but don't go the, resi the resistance people have to kind of like a more natural way or more holistic approach is because we've been constantly looking for government intervention to solve problems so when we say oh you can do these natural remedies you know even things as simple as breathing exercises getting a good sleep for your immune system um, it is so fundamentally shakes people's paradigm to what we're living right now it seems like it's it's a it's a fallacy that you can't get true robust healing with these natural remedies natural lifestyle right getting mm -hmm. back in touch with nature seems so archaic but yet it's the truth it's the blueprint that mother nature has worked out for us is That's how so i always cool. like to explain it mm -hmm. right so archaic but <clears throat> I mean, when people get so confused like oh there's this and this, it's just like what did you have to do two, 300 years ago? What did you have to do before there was light, before there's electricity, before there was Wi-Fi? What did nature force you to do? Mm -hmm, exactly. And this is the thing that I think people have a hard time grasping. I always like to explain it that we are operating on thousand and thousand year old, tens of thousand year old hardware, our bodies, but we're in 2020 software. And those things are hard to, to merge sometimes, right? To realize, hey, these things maybe shaped humanity in better ways, but also not better ways, even as simple as light, artificial light. Right. As soon as we, in my opinion, as soon as we had this artificial light come into humanity, I believe that we've lost touch with the cosmos. Because if you've ever been mm. to somewhere without this light pollution and really seen the stars and somewhere you can actually see the Milky Way, you realize, hey, we're just floating on in space. We're part of something much larger, much grander, right? But even the simple as the light bulb, although amazing and allowed society to evolve, it's really disconnected us to what we are, you know, what our hardware was meant mm -hmm. to be, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, so. Let's, so, okay, so specifically, let's look at, say, for example, Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese mm -hmm. medicine, Ayurvedic medicine. What are some key principles there that we're not seeing in Western medicine? Yeah, well, I think to not get too much into the weeds, because a lot of the times, like, so I'm a big believer in health sovereignty 
Um, it was one of the reasons I started my company. It's, it's why I started studying herbs. I truly believe that we, we, each and every one of us need to take charge of our own health. We need to know how to heal ourselves, right? Rocking this table here. We get, getting into it. Um, we need to know how to take care of ourselves, right? I think that's part of our responsibility as humans. And we've given that up so freely because let's, let's be honest, it's not everyone's forte to research about health and wellness. We have a, a deeper issue, like I was saying before, how this isn't a cultural aspect. Like we haven't um, had this growing up, this knowledge where you'll find in, you know, in China, Asian countries, um, India practicing Ayurveda, they're taught usually these, these common macro principles, the principles that I teach, like thriving in harmony with nature, the seasonal attunement, they're taught these things from a young age, you know, so that's woven into who they are. You know, it's very rare you could talk to a, you know, a Chinese Canadian person, someone who's born in China or even, even born in Canada, growing up with Chinese parents, that they wouldn't know the fundamentals of hot and cold, like these, these energies of food and health and wellness that, again, we're so void of. Okay, so let's just, for example, let's yeah. break back down a little bit. Hot and cold. So people hmm. know hot, people know cold. What, what do yeah. you mean? Exactly. So, I mean, there's the fundamental energies um, and, and you can get again deep into it and learning about how they interact with each other. But there's always these, uh, and I always like to bring it back. I think it's the easiest concept to teach people is um, the concept of yin and yang. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone's probably familiar with it. If not, you can Google that image. But the yin and yang is the balance point of nature. And I think every single thing that we have in the universe, in the world operates, you know, in our third dimension that we're in right now operates in this good and bad light and dark. So the yin and yang is that representation of, of opposing energies that operate in harmony with each other, right? You can even look at that to get further, even the, the pandemic and the situations that we're in right now. Um, you know, a lot of like, we were talking about this before we began so much negativity, right? so much polar opposite views on it so much fighting so much controversy and I'm not saying that's not for a reason or a valid thing but i do believe there's got to be some good in there as well because it goes down to the fundamental principle of good and bad light and dark the yin and the yang right so even with hot and cold there's always going to be a balance point right so you're you're consuming something or the energy of the body's running hot right hot and cold now it gets further when you're talking about energies um, and all of kind of the traditional systems share similar terminology for these energies, but there would be things like hot, cold, obviously, uh, wet, dry, right? We call it damp, dry, dry would be wind or pure dryness. And these are our energies that represent, um, they're, they're basically analogies or what's a better way to put it, overarching concepts that we can categorize things in the natural environment that we're expressing and we're, we're experiencing into these categories. So when we get down to like concept of food and nutrition, it's pretty easy for people to understand hot and cold. But again, we've been not taught these principles. So something that would be hot would be a warming, warm food, right? Doesn't mean that it has to be cooked. Something that would be cool would be a cooling food, something that would usually be raw or traditionally example I like to use is things like smoothies. Right. Right. So that's like a cooling thing. And I think getting back to the whole theory that I like to teach and you and I both like to teach it is seasonal attunement. 
getting in harmony with nature. Being, yeah, aware of these energies are, are truly how we heal the body and kind of these macro groups. It's, a, it's an easier approach to take to health, in my opinion, as your first step. So when you're looking at overall health and wellness, there's these macro concepts that I think everybody needs to start learning and embracing. And once we kind of get that down, then we can start to fine tune us as individuals, if that makes sense. And I might be going a bit on a tangent here with it all, but I'm truly a believer in if, if you want true robust health and you want your health sovereignty, you need to start learning these concepts as a macro approach. And again, the easiest way is just learning about the seasonal approach. So not even getting down too much to the hot, cold, damp, dry, all that, but learning, hey, what season are we in? What, what herbs can we take? What activities can we do? What foods can we eat within each season? And that's gonna give you a broad range of healing aspects in a macro approach. Right. If that's making sense. Right. And, and, and I have a good example of that, of what I did not do because I thought I ate healthier than anybody back in my vegan days. And I'd be sitting in my office, eating my salad with tofu in the afternoon on a cold January day. And I was not thriving. I was tired. I would get bloated after that meal and I'd be freezing cold. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you need to eat meat, you need to eat meat. And well, maybe I could have used some, and I am a meat eater now, mm -hmm. but also that cold salad certainly wasn't an appropriate meal for mm -hmm. that time of the year, right? And it didn't yeah. serve me, even though, because we think, I always tell people, we think that this food is good for me today, so I have to eat it every single day. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I like to term that, for lack of a better term, the, the Western pharmaceutical mindset. Take ah. two of these three times a day and then people think okay that's what I should do and they stay on that every single day people do it with nutrition lifestyle like the same activities the same foods the same kind of routine 365 days a year well you are never the same in every given moment right we're, we're constantly living in the future things are evolving we're dynamic beings living in a dynamic world we're not static beings that can survive like that so like backing it up, I think, again, these, these fundamental principles that we've lost or never been taught in our Western culture are so fundamentally important. And I mean, one day, maybe we can do podcasts on those each individual energies as well to kind of teach people and explain that. Um, but really, you know, some, some things that people I recommend look into are the concepts of Taoism, right? Living in harmony with the universe we're more than just this static being living on earth. We're, we're connected to the cosmos and their belief is that true fundamental aspects of health and spirituality is living in harmony with the natural world. And it's, you know, it's so true. And, and again, it's not like we can't have these future or, or contemporary scientific advancements that can help us out as humans, because there's some amazing stuff, right? We live in like also the best of times even though there's a lot of negativity and hardships going on right now we truly have things that would never been available to us like even as so simple as foods and tonic herbs that we have access to right if you were living even a hundred years ago out on the prairies in your sod hut type of idea mm -hmm. it would be harder to get access to this information you know foods to heal you right this is why people died of, of common flus and colds we didn't have the the community structure that we do right now um but, you know, and it seems like a big thing to digest. And that what I was saying at the beginning 
when you're looking at like, oh, I want to live in harmony with nature, that means maybe even as simple as giving up my smoothie in December is such a radical paradigm shift for so many people. It is. Because in the health world, especially, and this is partly gets me down, um, partly interesting, but so many dogmas, so many linear aspects to health and wellness, like, oh yeah, you need to do this. And we all know, you know, so many buzz fads, diets out there and approaches to health constantly come and go. And time after time, we see that, hey, this might work. So you're talking about veganism might work for someone, right? And then stop working for someone, right? We see that constantly. And I think it can all be distilled down and brought down to that concept of ever-changing seasons because the world is ever-changing. So for example, a, a vegan or vegetarian diet might benefit you immensely in those warmer months. You might be like, this is the best ever. And you might be able to thrive through a winter or two on that diet because of so many years of congestion and living out of harmony. You need that cleansing process. But you'll see 9.9 .9 times out of 10, someone will hit a wall with those approaches. And they're like, oh, this isn't working for me anymore. I need to radically shift this. Well, I take the approach and I, and I you know, teach people about this because I firmly believe in it, in it. We need to take a step back and go with the flow, the flow of nature. What is the world providing for us at this time? What are the things that we can embrace and encompass into our uh, diet and lifestyle? And, and how do we live a more um, cohesive existence with what the world is doing and changing? So go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, so let's get some concrete examples right now. Yeah. We've gone, we've just transitioned into <clears throat> a beautiful fall. Well, I, yeah. compared to last year, it's beautiful. It's supposed to be over 20 degrees today, beginning of October in oh. Calgary. That's not normal. No. Uh, but it's easy. Let's, what would be some... So this is exactly what perfect example. I was just going to lead into this too. We're okay. living, we're living, you know, 2020 has been like a pretty crappy year, a pretty hard year, pretty uh, intense, a uh, lot of negativity, a lot of fighting, a lot of this is good, this is bad, you know, it's just been insane times like we've never seen before. But like I, I was telling my partner, she to, to her that, you know, this is also nature's gift that we're living like some of the best times in terms of climate, like this is the best fall ever right now, 20 degrees like you're saying October. It's so amazing. So mother nature is giving us that gift. Well, going back to your example, some hard concrete evidence, we know that from the fall time, so we're in something called the lung season, which is what they'd say in Chinese medicine. And when it's a, a season of an organ, that's that organ's time to rebuild, process, you know, all our cells are renewing in that 12 month period, as, as you're aware. We need to start honoring that. And some things that would honor the lung season or fall would be, you know, warming type foods, um, a more carbohydrate type diet. We wanna embrace things like pungency. So a little bit more spicy, aromatic, dispersing. Now, when people hear all those terms, they're maybe overloaded, but some easy ways to explain this is oh, we want to we want to get back to like soups and stews, and we want things like pumpkin pie spices, right? Those aromatic dispersing warming spices. Now, to your point, this is also one of the warmest falls we've ever had and beautiful. So again, like I was saying before, we're dynamic beings, right? We're not static. So even though it's lung season, it's never a hard and fast rule. So because the, the mother nature right now is giving us the seasons, 
uh, of warmth and easiness, we can still embrace a lot of those principles we'd find in late summer. So, you know, things like maybe a little bit more raw uh, foods. One of the, the classic colors to eat at this time of year would be white. So we want to eat white foods. So one of the best kind of white foods for this time of year in this type of temperature and situation we're in would be things like apples. So yeah, red, white on the inside, right? Right. And we know that apples are really good to cleanse and tone the liver, the gallbladder. They help with peristalsis, right? That malic acid dissolves things in the body. It, it nourishes us, gives us vitamins, but those are the things we can start to implement. So it's, it's always an easy, gradual approach never a hard and fast rule. So, and maybe to get a little bit more advanced, when we talk about pungency and spice, this is a classic example right now. And this is also speaking to those people that have seen me talk and teach about this. If we're embracing a lot of those warming hot spices, we need a balance point, right? There's always this balance point where we can definitely overdo that and burn our fluid out. It's never like on the whole uh, range of health and wellness, it's never the hard, left or the hard right type idea it's it's always somewhere in between so we want to balance that so right now being warm outside again that's the apples more apple bakes maybe a little bit of light fruit still raw cooler things um, you could still get away with you know some cheese some white cheese something that'll still help build that fluid in the body right right to keep it so that we're still moist we're not drying out in this heat of fall right now and just being easy and go with the flow and again, if you're a beginner to this and have never seen this before, an easy way to figure this out is literally go to your grocery store, your local organic market, and see what the seasonal foods that are coming out are. Yes, I had a friend just pop in two days ago with a big bag of just around the corner. So they picked little pears from mm -hmm. the pear tree just around the corner. Exactly. Another great. So I got a big bag of pears that I got to do something with. But yeah, yeah another great lung food, right? I Excellent moistening white on the inside yeah. fibrous like cleansing for the body excellent right we'll see also tubers right now so potatoes right inside of potatoes white now this is where the paradigm can get flipped on people there's there's definitely people out there never consume anything white ever yeah. it's the worst thing for you again we're dynamic fluid beings and at certain times of the year these things can be excellent for us we're getting into fall which what else do we have is an abundance of grains being harvested, right? This is the time when we actually look at a biochemical aspect of our body, we'll actually start producing more amylase and our microbiome will shift towards the season to allow us to digest those foods better. So, you know, we're honoring nature by supporting her in what she's providing, but she's also supporting us and with what we need. Right. And I think once you start eating that way, you start craving it and noticing it and wanting it. And what I love about the seasonal approach is, is you eat your fill of a certain type of meal or a certain kind of food, and then it's gone. And you don't look for it in the supermarket from the other side of the world. It's just gone. And so, then you're excited about the next thing because you're not having the same things day totally. in and day out. Yeah, exactly. And I think like a, a good thing to mention too, or an important thing to mention is that now we live in these times where you can get you know, berries 365 days a year at the grocery store, like you still can buy watermelons at the grocery store right now. So when I say go to the store and see what's coming out, we, we do have to take that approach of what's seasonally coming out. Right. You know what so I mean? It's more maybe local to the environment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that brings up the whole hundred mile footprint diet, 
Um, you know, you want to eat in your local area as much as possible. What is the world giving you in your area? And, and so sometimes people always say, they'll say, but Derek, nothing really grows here. We're, yeah. in a, we're in Calgary. We're in Alberta. We're not, we're not, what do you say to that then? Well, I think there always is some sort of nourishment in every type of environment. Uh, one of the things a lot of people don't want to hear around this area is the things that we grow here are grains, right? Because grains have been so demonized. Yes. Now, if you're preparing and processing grains properly at certain times of the year, they can be very nourishing and healing for you. Another thing that we have, I don't want to say an abundance of, but wild game meat or meat in general is more local to our climate. So again, and, and I know it doesn't work for everybody at every time, and that's a whole different um, approach when you look at the macro, and then you have to kind of dial into the micro and see your individual health. health. But again, these, these beginning concepts, looking at that macro approach, what can I rely on in my environment? We would have tubers available, right? We can grow foods that people aren't aware of. And, and this also gets into the concept of how we should be living in general in terms of we were talking before about resiliency. Um, you know, even if you look not that many years ago, people were, were canning so much more and preserving food so much more. We've, we're losing all that knowledge and that type yeah. of lifestyle. Massive. I think people are trying it though now. You go into the yeah. certain hardware stores, you look for the canning jars, the shelves are empty this yeah. year. So I think that's one of the silver linings. There's a few silver lines that are coming through from the craziness of the world. And one of those people starting to learn these lost skills. Mm -hmm. Totally, yeah. I know like when um, the, the pandemic hit, you know, we were in, it was February, right? End of February, March, third of March, yeah. um, A lot of people, I had so many people asking about baking bread, right? Because I'm a huge sourdough fan. That's when I baker. learned how to make my sourdough. Exactly, and it's important. Like that's important knowledge. Like you yes. can literally sustain a family, although it might not be the best ever, but it, let's be honest, if you had to survive, you literally can survive on bread, right? That fermentation process is going to give you the vitamins, minerals that you need to survive at those times of year from a simple, easy food. So again, maybe getting a little bit into the weeds, but people want to demonize grains and or bread. Well, the, a lot of the times the problem is, is we're mixing those types of foods with the abundance of other things we have available. So if you're going to pound back a lot of bread and like, you know, big thick sandwiches with all different types of meats and cheeses, and then eat some fruit in there as your diet, like you're just going to get a whack of craziness going on in your digestive <laughs> system and your microbiome is going to be like, what is going on? But if you're more eating like our traditional ancestors, where it was, let's be honest, mono eating, like how many times would they sit down and have like a 10 ingredient meal? And we're not talking that far back. We're talking about, um, you know, like, hundred years ago or less than, you know, on the prairies of Saskatchewan, you're eating what you provided on your farm. And that might be some milk, some bread, some eggs, and then some canned vegetables from the summertime. You know, like these are very simplistic foods making us, us digest better and assimilating better. And we had lower rates of diseases. So we're kind of living in this time where we're a product or a lot of our health challenges are a product of modern day living, unfortunately even though it's also amazing. So it does take a lot of um, foresight and restraint to kind of dial it back and get back to the basics. As easy as it sounds, it's so hard, right? Right. Well, I think, I think people, we, we've just learned to, we've got so many dogmatic diets, so many different ways of doing it. People make it more complicated. 
Cool. You know, like right now it gets, I've got a hundred pounds cabbage waiting in my basement for me to start shredding and making sauerkraut. And, you know, I just look at, I've got, I've, I've, I've got my beets in my garden, my carrots in my garden. I've got kale in my garden. I had to pull up the potatoes because the squirrels were digging them up. I know. But that's what I'm cooking every day. Mm -hmm. Onions, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my squash didn't work this year, but squash, these are, and it's just simple, basic food. But I think people complicate they count they count the amount of different kinds of foods they count the weight they count the calories they you know it's like oh it's got to be keto it's got to be paleo it's got to be mm -hmm. like we, we just there's so many restrictions totally and i think and again it's going to be controversial to some people because they might jump down my throat for that but i think those compartments of health like you're saying those diets you know and i think it's part of human nature we want to belong right? Even, even in the pandemic situation right now, we, the parent, yes. You know, we want to pick a camp and a side, like, are you this or are you that? And we're also demonizing people if they're not picking a side. But again, with everything in my approach, this is my opinion, love me or hate me for it. I think the truth is always somewhere in the middle, whatever that middle might turn to. But I think these hard and fast rules. So when you're looking at something like the ketogenic diet, okay, so studies to prove very effective can be amazing for certain health conditions a lot of people can get benefits is it a forever diet in my opinion absolutely not right when in nature would you get an abundance of that fat readily available to eat every single day very specific climates and areas for very short amounts of time you know like if you're living up north in the arctic circle Okay, we're going to hunt and harvest fat because that's what we have. We're going to eat an abundance of that because we need it to balance out the protein, right? Like if you're living that type of diet, they say you need like an 80% fat to a 20% lean uh, protein or else you get sick. Yes. So again, you know, it's taking that step back and just keeping it simple. But you're right, the, the counting of like, again, not to pick on ketogenic diets because again, they can work certain health conditions at certain times, but it's putting people so much in their heads. And I think, you know, by counting all oh, this and you're scrutinizing over it and you're stressing out over it, where I think we need to get back into our hearts, right? They've shown that our hearts are the biggest sense organ that we have. So we need to let that guide us and connect with mother nature, right? Lead with your heart, not with your head, right? This linear logic brain is only one aspect of a whole being. So it, it doesn't mean we need to rely just on this. We have other senses and other you know, innate systems that we can start to lead with, start to sense with. Right. That's, that. yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think food is such a, like, when you have so many limits and restrictions and it really impacts, like food used to bring people together, food preparation. And, you know, you go to somebody's home and they offer you their food. Well, I remember when I was a vegan, mm -hmm. when I was traveling, you know, you go to these foods, they give you their traditional foods, like, oh, no, 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 I can't. It's like mm -hmm. that that's an honor for them to give you. And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, very poor people and different mm -hmm. they'll give you their very best. And, it's, and this is, you, you, it's an honor to be able to have that food and share that food with them. But we just, we just make so many rules. And that's the thing, it brings us in our heads. And it also, I think a big part is disconnects, like it disconnects what's going on inside with what's going on outside. Mm -hmm because we don't partake in what nature offers throughout the year. You know, it just- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, just like, rigid, it's rigid. And it, totally. like you said, it has its purpose short term, but then we have to look at- mm -hmm. Exactly. Picture. But I think it's like, to your point too, you know, it's pretty hard and I think pretty apparent to most people that they wouldn't survive without community, 
right? A community. Right. So when you're saying like sharing foods and preserving and helping each other out, we still see examples of that in farming communities. You know, they're still working together, right? Like we're, we're so, in my opinion, disrespectful to farmers and where our food comes from nowadays, you know, and that's a whole other topic maybe, but you still see that they rely on each other to get through. And I love that. I think that's amazing. Right. right? We need that community and that relationship and that connection. We're connected to everything. Everything is interconnected, right? And, and I think like the concepts of these traditional medical systems or herbal systems show us that, that everything is interconnected. You can't have one thing without the other, right? It's a two-way street here. So coming back to Eastern Western medicine, let, let's compare, say, a visit with an Eastern or traditional, <clears throat> some kind of traditional medicine practitioner and a Western doctor. Mm -hmm. Look at you, they come to your doctor's office, you got five minutes, one question, and they look at it. They don't look mm -hmm. at you. Like, let's, so let's just, let's quickly listen yeah. in that, that approach. And I think like, it's a, it, it's a tough one. Cause our, again, our, our society's evolved with that system, that Western medical approach. I will say though, and I always say this, like, thank, thank our creator that we have people that have invented emergency medicine. Yes. Because, you know, me as an herbalist, um, and I took this saying from one of my mentors, you know, you, you break your leg, you're hemorrhaging, don't maybe come to me, you should go yeah. to the doctor in the emergency room. Uh, there's so many advancements about modern medicine that are fantastic. You know, I can give you certain things, but usually when you're dealing with a holistic, like robust health approach, especially with chronic issues, it's a slow, gradual process, right? Where the pharmaceutical world, if I want to call it that, have that hard and fast approach, like here, this is what you need to deal with this. It's a true allopathic symptomology type um, of practice where, you know, the traditional herbal systems are definitely looking at the holistic approach. And if you've ever dealt with any sort of chronic issue and been to the, the doctors or the traditional medical system, you know that it's very rare you've probably got any sort of healing. Can't say it doesn't ever happen, there's going to be someone out there that oh yeah they go they get a shot for this they might be good to go you do hear the odd case at what cost is a whole other rabbit hole of that approach but when you're looking at um, traditional healing we have to look at the whole individual so we would look at you know and there is diagnostic techniques that some practitioners will use looking the eyes looking at the tongue feeling the pulse taking overarching concept or, or view of that person but we're really trying to deal with that person because when it comes down to it, and this is another thing that, again, when we were talking about diets and the different approaches to health, the one thing that we're not um, embracing is our biochemical individuality. Mm. We are all different and it drives me bonkers when I go and listen to some guru on the internet or YouTube or whatever and say, yeah, this is the approach. If it's not working for you, you're not doing it right. That is so far from the truth. There was an excellent book that came out, I believe it's eight, uh, late 70s, excuse me, or 80s, might even be 90s, it's an older book. I believe it's out of print, um, but it's a whole research book on biochemical individuality. I believe actually that might be the title and I can't remember the author, but reading through this book is fascinating. They did all these studies and examples and this is again where science is good that we can kind of look at that linear data. Mm -hmm. But these people had all sorts of different uh, chemistries in their body, different ways they metabolize things. 
you know, one of the, the interesting things are we, we commonly term things like um, arthritis or, or specifically gout as like a disease of bad diet and poor things like that. There's a whole section in that book and saying, hey, people metabolize and deal with uric acid so much differently that some people just innately have a way higher amount and they do nothing wrong. So when we demonize these people, hey, you need to clean up your diet and do this, right? That judgment call. We're not taking into account that, hey, they're not us and their their chemistry and their bio individuality is so much different than than mine. We need to like cut them, a, like a, give them a benefit of the doubts, cut them some slack and let them and teach them how to evolve it and find out what's best for you. Because I believe no matter what practitioner tells you, myself included, I think you know yourself the best. And if you're in a state of being right now where you don't know yourself the best, your body, you don't have that internal voice that guides you, right? Then you need to maybe start working on some self-love, some meditation, some getting in tune with your being. Because when it comes down to it, your thoughts are things and they dictate your body. So if you're really feeling something, someone tells you, oh yeah, you need to do this. But your body inside is saying, no, that's not right for me. Then you need to go with that 100% of the time. This is your life, your spiritual path, right? You're the spiritual being living out your existence. So you need to be in touch with that. And that's like one of the, the core fundamental principles in my belief about this health sovereignty. Right. And we're going to talk about that. I want to touch on that. Um, but I just, what did I want to say about what you were just saying? That's the thing I think is really apparent. I think the timing of the world events right now are very precise because it's very clear that we are disconnected from our own inner knowingness and we aren't, we don't trust ourselves to be our own guides. Mm -hmm. We don't trust. We look outside of us. We're looking for the government to save us. We're looking for a doctor to give us the right pill. We're looking for a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. We're not listening to the inner wisdom and we don't trust it. And we don't, we're not connected. And and Mm -hmm. it's very apparent as soon as it's hit, as as soon as it's hit, I was just so upset in my kitchen talking to my husband. like, it's like people just don't know how to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. They they just have no clue. And then they get scared and then they just wait and do what they're told. And that's not... (sighs) How we're going to get healthy and pass this no it's not you know and and it's hard because when we also see that and you know we're i think a lot of and i don't want to speak for you and put words in your mouth but i think it's a sense of frustration because you want those people to be better at least i'll speak for myself yes i want I do. those people to be better right you know yes. like we love people and then it can cause a rift too because hey they're not getting it their paradigm is still not shifted but again you know how i justify it not that you're asking me but how I justify a lot of that is I believe in true freedom so a sovereignty approach right um I I want to see a free and virtuous society right a good and free society make your own choices so I also kind of wash not wash my hands of it in terms of derogatory kind of way to put that but if those people want to choose that then that's their path And again, I I feel, who am I to judge that? As frustrating as it is, it makes me ill to to dwell too much on that. So I like to take a step back. back. This is your path, your, your, your experience in life. I might not agree with it, but I fundamentally believe in freedom of choice. Yes. And it's hard sometimes when you just want to 
bang your head against the wall and be like, hey. There's two things in that I want to address because first of all, yes, absolutely. And that's the big thing right now because our freedoms are being threatened. And if you decide to vaccinate or if you decide to take some pill, whatever, that is totally up to you. The most important thing is there's the choice there and you make an informed choice in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is what really hurts my heart when people make these choices is the children because mm-hmm. they are learning from their parents. There is no wisdom being passed down. Mm-hmm. And so they don't get they don't get to make a conscious choice. They just get what their parents give them. And then they got to work themselves out at a hole later on if they have the wherewithal to do so as adults. Mm-hmm. So they're starting at such a low bar, right? And such mm-hmm. a, like, like you said, in the traditional cultures, these kids grow up with this. This is like, oh, it's winter. We're going to eat this. Oh, it's this. We're going to, oh, you're feeling like this. We're going to give you that. They adjust it. They eat accordingly. Their food is truly their medicine. Mm -hmm, We're mm -hmm. here. These uninformed parents are making harmful choices for their children. And it's apparent in our health stats and in the health of our children and health of, you know, the, the, the life expectancy for future generations. We know we're causing harm. So I totally get you. The freedom is the most important thing. Mm. I just, I, I just wish that people would put a little bit more effort into it for future generations. Totally. And I think like you, you could not to argue it, I mean, but you could argue that or think about it too. Like, is that the karmatic experience that those children have chosen to go through that life? Because it's, it's such an interesting concept. Hey, when you're talking to somebody who just gets it, you know, and some people like have no background knowledge in anything we're talking about yet. You talk to them for like two minutes and they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And they just get it like that. Yeah. yeah there's people, we all have them in our life that we've been maybe telling them this stuff for 10 years. And they're just not getting it. Right. So yeah. it goes to like a deeper spirituality in my, in my opinion, like yeah. could be a deeper spiritual approach that it's like, so it is tragic. I agree with you. Like for sure. It's tragic to see these poor kids. It is. And it does. Like, yeah, I was talking with Amani Mamalushin few interviews ago and she was talking about this that it gives her solace or I think it was her one of them I think it was her gives her solace and me as well too is what I think of my son chose to be here at this time mm-hmm. as crazy as it is like being a parent in this time I think is if I were I keep saying if I didn't have kids way easier or kid I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I you know on another level that they I believe that they chose he chose to be here your children chose to be here right now so mm-hmm. yes i understand mm-hmm. what you're you're meaning with that and I, and I think like that's how i believe i think the the deeper issue that a lot of people glaze over too is um and this might be a big thing to throw out there but i think it's the government intervention so these are the things that we need to change so the majority might think that way because they rely on a government to rule us but again when you're looking at the concept of freedom and even as far as personal liberties and a more libertarian approach to life, we start to realize that, hey, maybe these, those fundamental aspects of our culture are, are possibly to blame because they're telling the parents to do this that now affect the kids. Again, it still could go the whole gamut of that's still the karmatic experience that we need to, to, to live through this life and that dynamic shift needs to happen. But that's kind of my thing with it and where we should be trying to make change is in the policymakers and getting back our personal liberties and our freedoms. Yeah, I agree. Right? Like, especially like in the country that we live in and not to get too sounding crazy and far out there, but I don't believe it's a, 
a free society. Should I be shutting that blind? Is that tone <laughs> light on? Maybe I think it's gonna start getting in front of your face there pretty okay. soon. Here, let me just give me one second, not to interrupt, but let me see if I can shut this. Does that make me better? That's better. That's better. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just to further, like I think again, if we have that more freedom approach. We, in this country, we're, we're even restricted on the, the things that we can consume, like health-wise, these products, freedom of speech, all those things are so important because we learn together and, and not to, to preach or be on my soapbox at all, but I do think that there comes a time and a concept where we can be not afraid to change our opinions. And this even goes for myself, right? Like if I'm not, if, if I've work through my ego stuff enough and I'm confident in myself enough, then I shouldn't be afraid to change my opinion because we're always learning and growing. And that's how I think we're going to make change and get better. Yes. Right. Yeah. But again, if we're, we're wanting to rely on those, those deep human natures of belonging and sticking with a dogma and approach because it's a security blanket, I don't think we're going to get far. I think we need no. to get out of that. No, I don't think we will. Yeah. Totally. And it's a, it's a, deep, it's a deep issue for sure. It is a deep issue. And it's something that more and more need to contemplate. I think, I don't think enough people are contemplating those issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to steer it a little bit different now. I want to come back to a little bit more. I want to get into the philosophy because New North Organics, Tonic Herb Company, mm -hmm. I want to get into the philosophy around Tonic Herb. So why would somebody want to, what is a Tonic Herb? Why would somebody want to incorporate them daily? And what is the goal around tonic herbs? Let's get a little, like just high level overview of that compared to say, for example, some medicinal herbs or vitamins and minerals. What is the philosophy on those tonic herbs? Yeah, so you summed it up to where saying a tonic herb is something different than a medicinal herb. So when people look at herbs in general, they're thinking medicinal herbs. These things have these medicinal aspects. Well, a tonic herb still can have medicinal aspects, but it's more of a class of herbs that are gentler, they're more used long-term. You can think of them, a better way to put them even as tonic foods. So things like a medicinal mushroom or tonic food, something that I can consume daily, little bits, little amounts, little bits, very often for these long-term health benefits, right? As opposed to a medicinal herb, which would be something maybe stronger, something that we would use short-term to get through a specific condition, and then we would stop the use of those herbs. So when we get to like the Taoist tonic herbal approach, we find that these tonic herbs have been, you know, I don't want to say study, but practiced with, with, excuse me, for thousands of years. They pass a certain set of criteria, things like do no harm, um, enlighten you spiritually. There's a six criteria code behind those, <clears throat> excuse me, that makes these herbs in this class called tonic herbs. So I believe in tonic herbs to my core, um, because they are the foods that we need to rely on to make these health advancements. So they're like the, the icing on the cake when it comes to overall health. We still need the uh, you know, proper foods, proper air, water, sleep, like these fundamental things, breathing exercises, physical activity. When we look at all the pillars of health, tonic herbs are like the icing on the cake. Now, tonic herb can shift your body without addressing those other areas. They're so ingenious and gentle in their activity. But once you kind of have the, the fundamentals of, of your lifestyle figured out, we can add in these tonic herbs daily to make radical shifts for the better in our health. 
So like a common thing that happens to a lot of people are, are thing that people experience nowadays are, is stress, right? So a tonic herb can be an adaptogen herb, right? Helps us adapt to stress. So something we can take often. And like I always like to say with tonic herbs, um, it's little bits often and yes, you can take them every day. But I always like to tell people, hey, look at a weak approach. How many times in this week have I consumed this tonic herb, right? Let's get out of that pharmaceutical mindset and let's make a lifestyle shift. Okay. So you miss a day of taking your reishi mushroom. Okay, big deal, right? How many times did you take it this week? Well, it was incorporated in my diet. Excellent, right? These are, are little bits often over longer periods of time that again, make these radical shifts in our health. What would be some examples, just so we can talk about some specific herbs so that people can know what you're talking about? Yeah. What would be some tonic herbs that you'd be... So one I mentioned already was reishi mushroom, right? So reishi mushroom, there's, there's debate on who you ask, if it's the king or the queen of the right. fungi kingdom. Uh, I, I believe it's the king, um, but again, depends, depends who you ask. But basically reishi mushroom is like the one-stop shop for medicinal mushrooms. I like to call it the D all of the above mushroom where it's dressing so many different aspects. It has such this wide activity of use that <clears throat> basically anybody can embrace reishi mushroom and get some sort of healing benefit, whether it's perceivable or not. So there'd be things like reishi mushroom. There'd be things like um, even like super food berries like acai berry, amazing. Uh, chaga mushroom. Um, Hoshu Wu, like kind of the list goes One on. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. It's in my drink right now. Right. I tell you, I, I, it's just one of my all-time favorites. Women, if you're losing your hair, Hoshu Wu is one of the best things for put into a chocolatey drink. It's delicious mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. And I have actually had one woman that I, I, I recommended it for. She bought it on, I saw her on the Tuesday and I taught a class that she attended on the following Monday. And she stood up and gave me an unsolicited, unsolicited feedback saying, I can attest to this. I bought my hair's already stopped falling out. Wow. Even a full week that she was on it. So wow. amazing her. And also another woman who was taking it just to restore her, just her energy and restore postpartum and restore like what we would call adrenal fatigue, which may or may not be the right way to refer to it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that's one of my favorites. So, okay. So Hushu, medicinal mushrooms as a class. Exactly. Yeah. So again, you could go down the whole list of medicinal mushrooms, lion's mane, cordyceps, list goes on and on, but medicinal mushrooms are kind of the quintessential tonic herb, tonic food, gentle for everybody at any stage of health, um, any age group. So really when we're talking about tonic herbs can be summed up with medicinal mushrooms for sure. But then you can get into some more obscure things like schizandra, schizandra berry, um, mm -hmm. You can go find things like Ganostema tea. These again are, are things that you incorporate in your diet, right? In your lifestyle to make these massive shifts in health. So when you're looking at tonic herbs, there is a seasonal approach to that as well. And this gets a little bit more advanced for people. And this is something I know you talk about, I talk about as well, which herbs for which season can we embrace? Um, but realistically with tonic herbs, they're so gentle, they bridge seasons. So if we get a general idea, and I always suggest people to do their own research, look into this stuff, right? We have internet at our fingertips. A lot of stuff can be wrong on the internet, but we can look at these broad arching concepts and say, hey, astragalus might be good at this time of year. You probably should be using it. Mm -hmm. Things like that are, are pretty easy to find nowadays. 
but other superfoods that people have heard of are like goji berry, right? That's a tonic herb. And again, tonic herb, tonic food, something that we want to incorporate in the diet for overall health. So right now we're in lung season. Give me your three top. Three top. Well, definitely astragalus is one of the top. That's in my drink too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's the classic pro prophylactic herb at this time of year. When we look at the concepts of the immune system um, from an Eastern standpoint and a Western standpoint, it's navigated by the lungs. So we want to, we want to embrace herbs that help the lungs. The other aspect of the immune system is digestion, which can go for the stomach and intestines. So even though we're in lung season right now, we're actually also in large intestine season because there's an interrelationship between those two. So when we look at something like astragalus, it helps the lungs, but it also warms the digestive process. So we assimilate things better so that we can excrete things better, right? Okay. And this is the thing um, too, when you're, you're researching, maybe doing some, some like, yeah, research at home, looking this up, you'll find this is lung season. But we also need to take that a little bit further, not much further, and realize that this is also large intestine season, right? We're making a radical shift. I always find that, or I always tell people, the, the most radical shift in terms of an energy standpoint of the seasonal change is like that into fall. It's where the, the energy really starts to make a, a real turn up until winter where it comes right around. But the shift from fall is really hard from late summer to fall, because usually in our climate, we'd have crazy snow outside by now, yeah, it's cold. Now. It just comes in like a, a thunder. Um, and then the springtime, we're coming back out of that. It's usually like cold, snow, snow, wet, wet, wet. Oh, now it's nice. So those are usually the, the two kind of hard shifts in the year. So when we're coming out of that summertime diet, which is a lot of more fresh foods, lighter foods, we still need some seasonal cleansing because we got a, a long, whatever, four or five months ahead or longer, possibly. Yeah of cold weather coming. So we need to cleanse that system out. So we also need to, to work on the large intestine and the colon and get that cleansed out. So when we look at things like astragalus, it's going to help warm that digestive center. So things are going to be metabolized better that we'll be able to excrete more fully, right? It's going to take the burden off our system, even though it's not known as a colon cleansing herb because it is not, it's assisting your normal body process. Okay. So they would be that, one of the top... That's that that speaks to the more traditional medicines, right? It's it's looking at it's like you're affecting what you're what you're warming here or your lungs is going to affect what's coming out on the other end. Whereas the mm -hmm. doctor would be like, oh, here, take this uh, glycol-based laxative if you're stuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, and this is the again the genius of these tonic herbs is they're intelligent. They have a blueprint within them that maps over us, right? It's all by nature's design. So they know what to do for us. We just need to put our reliance in them, right? Nice. Not abuse them, use them in the correct time of year, things like that, just, just help them a little bit more, but we can really just rely that they're doing their work. Right. This is a common issue too. You'll find people in more in that pharmaceutical mindset. And you, I'm sure you've heard this lots too. Oh yeah, I took that for a couple of days. I didn't notice anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like, I mean, do you <laughs> notice a lot of things in your body happening? Like, you're not like, oh yeah, my, uh, my right kidney here is uh, not, you know, the body knows what to do. So we need to have that reliance that these, these software programs, these blueprints that we're consuming are going to code in the body and start doing their thing. Right. Right. Okay, um, stragglers. Stragglers. So, you know, again, we got to look at the time of year, like in terms of the season, but again, like a classic one at this time of year, would be cordyceps 
right? Cordyceps medicinal mushroom. So cordyceps is an amazing lung tonic, adrenal tonic, but its aspect to help you metabolize oxygen and get the lungs clear is so healing at this time of year that people, people often forget because cordyceps is one of these herbs that people know it for increased energy, right? Because it helps you metabolize oxygen better. So you get a boost, right? It's kind of like opening up your carburetor on your muscle car. You're going to get more air into the system. You're going to get a more robust metabolism going, but it's protective effects of the lungs. It's opening process. It's allowing you to breathe more fully, excuse me, breathe more fully and exercise. Those lungs are helping you protect your lungs, right? It's, it's giving you that protection and that's that internal stamina to get through the season. It's also shown to really help uh, in a dynamic work setting. So we experience this a lot in our culture. We go from a warm house or our climate, excuse me, a warm house into a cold environment. And there's that real shock to the system. Cordyceps, you know, this is for like people who work outside, hot and cold coming in. Cordyceps really helps protect the lungs by strengthening their aspect, right? Their energetic aspect. So it really cuts down on that kind of abuse that you'll get from season change cold winds outside right even though it's really nice outside I don't know what it's like there but here it was really cool wind yesterday that is something that cordyceps will help protect against because wind is another concept not to get too deep but wind is how we get disease in the body so that can actually be from the wind right you always want to bundle up just like your mom told you <laughs> bundle up or you'll get a cold right that actually matters you want to keep everything warm and protected. So cordyceps is like an internal lung protector along with the stragglers. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So number three, top three, I mean, you could go on and on. I know it's hard to choose. And if this it isn't going to be a yeah. perfect list, people, you can do your homework for more, but I just want to give three good primary ones for people to start with. Yeah. Like, I think like one, I, I can go from the aspect of what I'm taking right now for sure. And another thing that I'm for sure consuming right now is turkey tail. So another medicinal mushroom. And again, we can go through all through the medicinal mushrooms. You should be using some medicinal mushroom almost every day, all year long. But turkey tail is one of these unsung heroes when it comes to the lungs. They deal with the lung energy and the liver and spleen. So they help digestion. They help lungs as well, kind of like astragalus. But they are, in my opinion, the immune system medicinal mushroom. They are so, it is so protective for the body. So um, beneficial to all cells. Do you have that in your drink? No, you're going to say. Oh, no? in this one, tail? I have the liver life of five mushroom blend as mm. well, which has okay. uh, turkey which has tail, turkey tail in, it. in it. Yeah, yes. exactly. So <clears throat> it's one right now I'm not going without uh, just because keep my immune system up, keep my lungs tonified, keep my energies flowing. It's also a very good cellular protector. Uh, turkey tail which is good at any time of the year but this time of year I think we need a little bit of extra protection so you know and, and to your point this is also where it's so hard to pick because I, I do get this question a lot if I could choose one which would it be yeah mm -hmm. and it, it's almost impossible to say because that person's individuality um, you know I, I like to tell people it's about building a repertoire so building your own apothecary at home and having these substances in your possession that you can grab when you need it is so beneficial. So you're kind of investing your health by building up the amount. So even better, and again, to your point, is taking something like a blend at this time of year. So this is not a product 
push or pitch or anything like that. But there's a reason why that five mushroom blend has something called mesema in it. So turkey tail for immune system, then there's a medicinal mushroom called mesema, which is known to also tonify the bowel. So it's helping with that lung with the turkey tail and the mesema with the colon, helping get those toxins out to, to push them out of the body. Again, not detoxifying in terms of like a, a cathartic or something that's going to make you right. go to the bathroom. These are working on a cellular level, but it's going to help tonify that colon to keep the system going. So, and further, I know this isn't in your top three, but if it's okay if I ramble yeah, for a little bit. Um, speaking about the colon, so something that's really beneficial at this time of year, and I don't think many people are aware of it or use it, but is an Ayurvedic blend called Trifala. So yeah. I'm a huge fan of Trifala. So Trifala is a colon tonifier, right? It's a blend of three herbs. Um, amla fruit is one of the herbs in there. So it's a nice gentle herb. It's different than a laxative for sure. Some people will say, oh yeah, it's habit forming. In my experience, it is not habit forming. We're only using it for short amounts of time. And, and with trifala, it's something that you usually need to start on in little a bit, in little amounts, excuse me, and, and keep taking and eventually your colon is gonna start working perfectly, which is so essential at this time of year. Right. You know, we detoxify 70% of toxins, seven zero, 70% through our lungs, right? That other 30% is gonna be through skin, urinary system and colon, but we still need to tonify that area because with the colon, we can get a lot of impact of fecal matter, a lot, of, a lot of crazy things going on down south. So, and we're not aware of it, right? Because we don't get that um, true cleansing diet in our, our systems, right? We, we don't fast much anymore in our culture. We don't go through periods without. So a lot of times things can collect in that system. So even though we detoxify more through our lungs, we still really got to pay attention to that colon because that's, that's the, the harsher chemicals basically going out the back door. Right. And we need they to gotta move. That. They got to move. So Trifala is really easy. I recommend people not to give dosages or too many recommendations, but they take Trifala. You can get usually pressed tablets of it. Um, a brand I really like is called Himalaya. I find it one of the cleanest, one of the best. You can take one caplet or one pressed, it's a pressed herbal tablet, usually one, maybe two before bed. And that's going to help with your, your morning movement. And then you're just going to get into a natural rhythm that way. Super. I have the powder. It's very, very sour. It's very, yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't been, I've, I've been meaning to take it. I haven't been, but I, it's hard to get, it, it's for the taste is probably a good thing. I would think as part of the mm -hmm. action in the medicinal aspect of the yeah. herb, is it not? But yeah, it's a hard exactly. one to take. It is a hard one to take. And so those pressed tablets, we will still taste it as it's yeah. going down, just a fraction of that taste and still going to get a lot of benefit. Yeah. You're right. And this is where tonic herbs and elixirs like the drink you're making really shine because then we're tasting all our herbs. Again, whether they're perceivable or not, our system can code and we can get more in tune with our, our senses. Um, and you're going to get a better activity. There's some Ayurvedic practitioners out there that believe that when we taste something, it can work, that herb can work up to 10 times better. Wow. Wow. Which is substantial, right? Yeah, huge. So we want to taste those herbs, right? Even if you wanted to go, it was double as effective. That's still amazing. You know what I mean? Right. We oh, yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, we just want to taste it. We want to code. There's a reason things have flavors. Right. Right. And that goes into the whole five element theory of time medicine, which mm -hmm. we're not going to go into right no, now. Too deep. But again, it's another big thing about, yeah, that's another part of 
the seasonal attunement, right? Just the flavors and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I want to come back to something that you said, mm -hmm. and I wasn't going to get into this, but we're going, I'm going to ask your opinion on this. 70% of toxins <clears throat> being excreted through the lungs. And here we have our kids sitting all, uh, sitting all day in school with masks on. We've got people working in environments all day long with masks on. Speak to that. What, what does that mean? What is your opinion on that? So it's a tough one. So I like to go with the yin and yang. There's always going to be a good and a bad. Um, we really, it's not natural to be wearing a mask. Like, let's be honest. When do you see an animal masked in nature? Yeah. You don't, you know, or humans, you don't see that. I'm going to take a, what's the right word? A more not political approach, I guess more neutral political approach to it all. What I firmly believe, full disclaimer, is for years now, I have not yearning, but wishing that we more embraced concepts from Asia, the East, and they've been a semi-mask wearing culture in terms of the sick person wears the mask because they don't spread it to the public. Now we can get into the debates and the science, oh, you can still spread it even if you're wearing a mask, it doesn't work. Da, 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 da. I believe in a little bit of the lower inoculum theory. If, if you're wearing a mask, you're sick, you're not spreading it as much. But this doesn't but what mean- what about you rebreathing what you should be excreting? Exactly, so this is in public. This is like, if you're sick, you should be staying at home if you have to go out in public. So for years, it drove me nuts. You see someone, you're at the grocery store, you see a cashier or someone who's just hacking away. They're obviously sick, but they have to come to work. Yeah. That's a tragedy, right? And yeah. if they were to wear a mask, like last year even, we'd think they were a leper or something crazy. People <laughs> stare at them, right? Where these other cultures, that's no big deal. They're doing what they have to do. But ideally, if you're sick, you need to stay at home, right? Get better right? Not pass this on. So you're right. Wearing a mask, you're sick, not good for you either. But sometimes maybe we have to go out and do things, right? We need to honor that illness and honor our body more and rest and relax. Like we're in such a go, go, go culture. But yeah, having said- the badge of honor saying, oh, I'm sick, but I'm still going to come to work, right? It's like so, the ego attached to that. 100%, 100% drives me nuts. You know, and that could be fueled also from not even the ego, but like a financial standpoint. Yes. It's getting to really deep issues of our society that those people, some of them might have to go to work. And if so, wearing a mask, you know, okay, I guess you're sacrificing your health for finances and might be, you might need to do it at this point in time. Is it the best approach to health? No, not at all. Yeah. So I also believe, like I was saying, in personal liberties and freedoms. So if you want to wear a mask, go for it. If you're sick, but I don't believe in mask mandates, telling a healthy person to mask up. Science is all over the place, whether they actually work or not. But you're right, you know, you're trying to detoxify 70%. So rebreathing that. And I think you mentioned this before, or maybe this was off camera, but things breathing inside your mask, possibly like, I mean, to have like an actual safe mask wearing situation, it's gotta be clean and fresh. You know, like it's, it's just like so the humidity building up and they're exactly. so what's so you see now people are getting all these things growing on their faces. What's growing in their mouths? What's growing in their lungs? Yeah, and there's exactly. an interesting interview that I listened to with this yeah. one guy who was a surgeon and he, he had to change his mask every 30 minutes mm -hmm. and he wasn't touching it, ingesting it, doing it. But the humidity would, would build up to the point mm -hmm. where if he went beyond even one minute, the moisture in the way it all worked, it would reduce his 
his ability to in in, in to get in oxygen mm -hmm. he start getting a visible tremor and he was doing very fine surgeries around people's yeah. eyes yeah. and he would start to get a tremor one or two minutes past that 30 minutes it would affect his dexterity and his ability to be precise in his surgery mm -hmm. exactly. what else yeah. and that's like and he's only finding that out because of what he's doing mm -hmm. let's just think exactly. long term these kids sitting in school what is brewing everywhere i couldn't, oh, I couldn't even imagine they've actually termed it mask me instead of acne Max knee, oh. mask knee, mask knee. The things are growing, right? Just like you're saying, like, and our mouth is filled with with bacteria and things like that. It, it's not a natural thing, and demanded on to healthy people. And I don't yeah. want to get on my soapbox too much, but it's a crime. It's criminal. Um, you know, it's tough. It's a tough one because you get, also get the people that appeal to the, well, you're not wearing one. That means you're not protecting me. Like, have some common courtesy, wear a mask because you might be spreading something. But I'm not sick. You know, this is thing. Like people are saying, yeah. like I just a friend was saying, well, why wouldn't you comply? Why wouldn't you do this? Like, I dedicate my life to understanding health, to learning it, applying it, teaching it. That is my life. Mm -hmm. I am not a danger to society, right? Mm -hmm. I know myself and I know my health. It's like there's all these people walking around. Does that mean they're all sick? Mm -hmm. No. And our and the asymptomatic care is spreading. We know that that's not happening. We know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so crazy. enough is enough. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty, um, and again, it's a polar debate because again, you, you'll get a lot of people that they've appealed to that common courtesy approach, keeping it, you know, keeping your mask on. So you're not spreading it accidentally to me that I spread it to my grandpa who is in a nursing home. I totally get that. And so it's a hard debate, right? Back and forth. So again, I've come to the understanding or the realization with myself, like most things, freedom of choice, if you want to go for it, but don't tell me to do to, what don't to do. Me to do it. That's the thing. I would you know, never want a... anybody to compromise their health to protect me. Yeah, exactly. My, my job. That's again. That's that. That taking that health sovereignty approach. I would never expect you to do anything to protect me unless you're like you know I'm walking on the sidewalk and you're driving. I don't expect you to drive your car up on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in terms of compromising your health in case you might harm me, I would mm -hmm. never ever. Yeah. Exactly. Ask anyone to do that. Exactly. And so that's my stance on it. It comes down to personal freedom of choice, personal liberty, mandates, all these things are unconstitutional, it's human rights. I mean, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. It's such a it tough is. subject. It is. And I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. Like not to get too deep about the whole thing, but I think we're under this, a lot of people are under the fallacy that as soon as there's a, a vaccine that's going to help save everything, things are going to go back to normal. Absolutely, in my opinion, not the case. Who's going to sign up for that right away, number one, even if you believe in vaccines and all the, that? Okay, you can go and get it first. That's your choice, but don't tell me what to do. And so I think this is going to be kind of a long time. So I always, at least lately, my head, like I was telling you before we started, is more in getting people more wise on their personal liberties and freedoms and say, hey, you should make a choice based for you right? We, don't stop, stop, we need to stop judging people and being so angry with each other and just, hey, if that's what it is. You want to do this, go for it, but you can't tell me what to do. Right. And I think, this is the I think this is the fundamental paradigm shift that needs to happen. Right. Right. And if we go under a, a government society that tells us what to do, whenever in history, not to rant too much, but whenever in history have our personal liberties eroded that we ever get them back, Right, right. They don't take them away with the intent no. to give them back. 
No. Right? So we no. have to look at people like, oh, when it goes back to normal, it's only going to go back to normal and hopefully it doesn't. I think another silver lining is breaking down old systems that are no longer mm-hmm. serving or maybe never did. And yeah. we are seeing an uprising in other parts of the world. In Canada, I think we are seeing people getting together stronger, maybe in Toronto and Vancouver, but even here. And even in the US now, there's the mask mandate's been dropped in a few places. You know, one, I can't remember, one governor said we will never lock down ever again. Florida is going back to normal. So there is some changes. There are some changes happening, but it takes us to stand up and to demand that. Mm -hmm. And, but it also takes understanding more the bigger picture and Mm -hmm. and the truth and how health works. Mm-hmm. so many things to look into yeah, totally. and I think it's worthy to spend some time understanding that it only makes you stronger as they say the truth will set you free yeah right? and yeah. we're not being told the truth no totally and that just like to further your point that is one of the silver linings right now is so many people are more health-minded than they've ever been you know they're they're looking at these natural remedies even as simple as vitamin d oh maybe we should take that right right uh, those are silver linings because just like you say the the normal is never going to come back it's always going to be an evolution of what that normal is. So we, we, we're at a time right now where we can help shape that. It, at least I hope shape that to what we want to see, right? Yes. More free, virtuous society. I hope so. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, quickly now, because we've been on for a long time. Okay. Let's, let's give us a nutshell about your company, how people can find you, uh, what you're up to. And yeah, tell us about that. Because... I love New Earth Organics products and I use them every single day. And I know a lot of people that are health oriented would mm-hmm. want to know if they don't know about them already. So you can find um, New Earth Organics products usually at a health food store near you. You can find us online at newearthorganics.com. A big shout out to everyone that is you know, involved in our community, helps support us. You know, I can't thank people enough. Every time we get an order or someone tells me they're taking our stuff, it literally warms my heart. This is something so fundamentally deep to me and my family. So if we can share things that we love and use at home with the masses, that is amazing, right? We're in it for the bigger picture, but you can find us there. You can find us on our socials. Uh, There's a Facebook page. There's an Instagram page. So at New Earth Organics, you can find me personally on Instagram at at Drunken Herbalist, the Drunken mm-hmm. Herbalist. Um, yeah, and we can connect that way. I don't do a lot of social media. I plan to be doing more. I've kind of more relied on the person-to-person connections over the years, the teaching, right? I find that that's what I like to do. You know, if you can do a talk and just change one person's life, that's so amazing, right? But you can connect with us there. Uh, what have I been up to? Studying more about resiliency, always into herbs, health and wellness, but I think that people need to start looking at the bigger issues that are happening in our financial world, uh, food scarcity, all these things are are coming fast. Oh, right, we wanna talk about that. Okay, uh, and yeah. we'll do a part okay. two maybe, or? Maybe we'll do a part two. If you could just give like a little idea, also nutshell on what you're like building resiliency quickly. Sure, like if, building if resiliency is as simple as, so it can get as deep as you want, but. It's again, setting you up for success, living success in the future. So as simple as stocking up on immune boosting herbs and foods that are help you survive, right? I, I think we're gonna have huge food shortages coming. Uh, 
I'm not a, a prepper per se, but I, I like that kind of idea that, hey, we need to start preparing for what could happen in the future. We live day to day, day to day in this culture, right? We just we never keep food in the house. We go to the store. It's been amazing, but I think that that's going to come to an end where we need to start thinking more for the future. So health resiliency, learning as much as you can about health and wellness, herbs, healing yourself, healing your family, um, food preparation, financial preparation, all these things are going to culminate over the next, in my opinion, one to three years uh, should be really interesting time. So building that. So that's where my head's been a lot lately. And we can do maybe a bigger part two on that eventually. Yeah. Um, I plan to start filming some more videos, getting kind of the word out. So we do have a YouTube channel, but hasn't been doing much. We're just kind of getting that ball rolling and kind of embracing this new, the new normal of how to interact with people. And online is going to be an amazing tool for that. But yeah, reach out, connect with us on the socials. Um, you can visit the website. And in the stores, sorry, I mean to cut you off, but in the stores, we're talking about, they're not, it's not worldwide. So we're like in Alberta, BC, across Canada. Yeah, so across Canada, a little bit in the US. So we do personal stuff, but basically focus mostly on my local area, but you'll find them in stores from BC all the way to the coast. Uh, but definitely the hub of it is in our local area. Right. Just because we're not out for world domination in every health food store is a traditional business. Yeah. We're, we're meant for, or my whole vision is a slow organic approach of just connecting with like-minded people, like-minded community, being more of that niche culture that can really make some strong changes. Right. And so, but anybody can order, go to neworthorganics.com yep. and, and you can order from us as well. Yep. So people can, can order yep. that. Yeah. And we pride ourselves on excellent customer service as best as we can. Um, things are shipped that day or next day. Yeah, we just try to really focus on the, the customer aspect. You know, like I said, people that support us mean something to us. It's not just a, yeah. another number in an order queue, if that makes sense. Totally. And well, and you know a lot of those people, right, personally. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of those people being educating for New Earth Organics for the last few years and knowing people and anybody that's you know, aware in the health scene or around these parts, at least, is aware of New Earth Organics, practitioners and just customers alike. They, they are well aware of it. And one last thing, what I want to ask. Yeah. Tell me how a New Earth Organics medicinal mushroom is different than other brands out there. Yeah. So I think there's basically when it it exists in Canada or the US or North America in general, you're not really going to get a bad mushroom product. There's nuances between the two. Uh, kind of where we pride ourselves is in our extraction technology, but also mixing fruiting body and mycelium. Now, those might be unknown to pers- as someone listening, the, the normal person listening. They might be like, what is that? But basically, we're mixing all the known parts of a medicinal mushroom together into one. So we're not excluding mycelium. We're not excluding fruiting body. We're then using that mycelium to ferment the substrate. So there's a lot of people are scared of mycelium because it's grown on grain. Well, when we let that mycelium eat that grain up, it's actually eating that grain, growing that mycelium, but it's actually fermenting the medium that it's in. So that fermentation process, um, you'll find a lot of negative stuff on the internet. People don't fully understand. So that substrate is similar to how when you're making sauerkraut, you're using salt and water to ferment cabbage. That brine from that sauerkraut is so healing. We're including that brine, so to speak, that fermented substrate. So creates a host of chemistries, arabinoxalanes, bacteriosins, 
So we're getting the mycelium, the fermented medium, and the fruiting bodies mixed together and then extracted fully using a pressure that's, or a system, excuse me, that's high pressure and water. So we're bypassing any sort of chemical solvent. So we're making a clean product. And so then we're it's extracted. Is it's, are these ones actually extracted in the traditional sense of the word? Like you're looking at the no, extracts. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So okay, then cool. extracted, but mixed in with the fibers still present in the medicinal mushroom to give you the whole broad range of chemistry. So an extract traditionally, I mean, there's a lot of misinformation. It's hard to kind of navigate the whole medicinal mushroom world because everyone's got the best. I got this, I got that. I like to look at mother nature, what she's providing. and We want to encompass everything she has to offer. So we include the fiber back in so that these fiber um, particles are now known to be prebiotic as well. So we're getting a prebiotic function with our medicinal mushrooms while getting all the chemistry that she has to offer. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the one thing you won't find with our medicinal mushrooms currently is a complete solubility. Nothing wrong with medicinal mushrooms that are completely soluble. You know, they're, they're ones that are extracted, but the fibers taken out. So some people like that, which is, which is totally fine. But again, that fiber chemistry in there is doing lots for our microbiome, which we didn't even touch on, which is amazing, um, big subject and so important to our health. So we're just providing the best, cleanest, most whole approach to medicinal mushrooms that we can, because we're holistic beings, right? We're approaching the holism of your being. Nice. So yeah, but again, any mushroom product out there is going to be a good one. Um, it's more important that you take medicinal mushrooms, right? It's no good if you buy them, they sit in your cupboard. We need to be embracing this tonic herbalism, right? Yeah. Something. And again, the daily approach is too overwhelming. Look at a weekly approach. I can't stress that enough. How many times this week have I had chaga tea? Well, not every day, right? It's always a yin and yang. It's always a balance. There's always that teeter, right? Let's be fluid and dynamic in our approach to health, not static and pharmaceutical. And I think that it relieves some of the pressure for people, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about perfection. Totally. It's not about rigidity. It's mm -hmm. not about any of that stuff. It can be very organic and give yourself some grace. Totally. It's like yeah. this day might not be the best, but tomorrow's mm -hmm. a new day. Exactly. Start again. Yeah, that is so true. Well said. Like just that organic approach, that, that easy approach to life, right? We're going to make a tasty drink today. Tomorrow I might just have a cup of tea or two. And then, you know, it's just being relaxed about it. But the consistency is so important. We just need to be consistent over the long term. Right. Over the long term, though, that but there's that vision built in where we don't have that in our, our Western medicine and our modern medicine. We mm -hmm. don't have that vision for the future. So that's over mm -hmm. the long mm -hmm. term so that this week or even these few days on the whole scheme of things is mm -hmm. not it's not what we need to stress over. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That consistent long term approach is what matters. Right. Awesome. Okay. Well, maybe we'll do another one on medicinal mushrooms specifically, because I know sure. I'm really surprised that a lot of the health gurus out there don't focus more on medicinal mushrooms. I think they are becoming more and more of a hot topic, but there seems to be people that focus on it and other people that just don't really touch on it, which I'm surprised mm. about because they're so amazing on some mm. level. So maybe we can do another one on that and totally. do other things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And when it comes to medicinal mushrooms, like they're literally one of the greatest allies you can you can rely on for your health. Um, we need to start embracing them. There's definitely that other side of that flip coin where people are like, oh, they're a cure-all, heal-all. No, these are tonic foods that we need to look long-term. Probably a good idea you get them in your diet. Right. 
but you need to also start looking at the fundamental pillars of health. How well are you sleeping? All these things add up, right? It's not easy, but it's a lifestyle, right? Embrace that lifestyle. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Derek, for all your time today. Thank you. Thanks awesome. for meeting. Great wisdom coming from you and some really, I think some really basic tips that people, they don't need to know all the details, just some really basic tips. Look out your window, see what's happening, what's growing, what's growing in the garden or what's growing at the farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. Bring in some reishi mushroom maybe to begin with. Mm -hmm. Rest, breathe, get outside, breathe in some different environments and mm -hmm. start there. It doesn't yep. have to be that complicated. No, slow and steady wins the race. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Okay, guys, Gosh, look him up, neworthorganics.com. Check it out. And if you're in Calgary, there's there's in the health food stores here. And you can look me up as well, too. I've been working with the company for quite a few years now and amazing company. So hopefully I, I really miss getting in front of the people and teaching the classes mm -hmm. and you as well, too. They're very very popular classes so look for that in the future when we're yeah. Yeah. gathering some yeah. more again okay thank you derek very thank very you. much i really appreciate your time thank you Byron.